Welcome to another episode of My Hope is Built On with your hosts, David and Dan Ziegler, a show about real people with real stories answering the question, what is your hope built on? May this week's episode bring you some hope. Well, welcome again to another episode of My Hope is Built On, and today I'm joined with another guest, Barbara LaPointe, and uh, Barbara and I have... uh, Again, I, I've shared with the, the audience before that there's platforms out there where we can mutually connect with one another and, and reach out. And it's, it's been kind of cool because I've been able to identify people that really, I think, will resonate with the audience. And so, Barbara, you're one of those people that I identified as someone who can really resonate with our audience today, especially as it relates to kind of where your background is and what your um, and, and the subject matter that you you discuss. And I'm not going to go into sharing all that. So, Barbara, why don't you go ahead and just tell everybody who you are, tell, uh, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do. Absolutely, Dan. And I'm honored to be here. And thank you for the opportunity to step into Deeper Hope with you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really um, set the intention before I tell you who I am, that we would have a powerful conversation around hope. And that hope would support this conversation. And so. No, I appreciate that. I feel hopeful. (laughs) So, yes, I'm a solution focused divorce coach for women. And I, yeah, I live in in Alberta. And basically I support women and and, anyone who needs support through coaching. Um, I also work in neurolinguistic programming and inherited family trauma so where we can look at the whole system. And my practice is trauma-informed, which, um, so yeah, it's a beautiful practice that supports uh, women and children going through probably one of the most difficult transitions of mm-hmm. their life, where they're challenged to find hope when they need it the most. Yeah, yeah. So as it relates to trauma, then is it, is that something, is it primarily around trauma related to divorce or is it, is it other areas of trauma as well? It can be any trauma, um, divorce trauma or, or trauma related to emotional abuse. Okay. Um, but a lot of times if we've had trauma as an adult, we can, uh, we can trace it back to early, earlier traumas in our life that were not resolved and that are still there asking to be healed. Mm, yeah. You know, um, yeah. Well, good. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you're on it. And, and like I said, the show is all about hope. So the one question we always like to ask up front is when you think of hope, what does hope mean to you? Hmm. You know, uh, it's not something I've really consciously given a lot of thought of, thought about. But ironically, I looked back and I did do a little talk recently um, where I created a video where I asked women to call on hope as a resource Mm. in their crisis, in their darkness, in their despair. And I really do believe that hope can can support us and be a resource. But sometimes even I'm low on hope in my own life. And I feel zero shame in sharing that with you because uh, it's part of just being a human being. Yeah, at times where we don't have to really judge our hopelessness, or, you know, um, judge when we can't find hope. 
one thing I'm famous for is not answering questions directly. So you asked me what hope is. (laughs) (laughs) You can call me on that too, Dan. Um, Hope is a resource. You know, um, I thought about it and I was like, is hope a mindset? And I believe hope is a mindset. Is hope a muscle that we build? Um, You know, hope is something that's invisible. But yet most of what happens in life, so much happens in the invisible realm, not the visible realm. So Mm -hmm. I really feel that hope is something that we can trust. And in fact, when I got your invitation, obviously, I just quickly, as I always do, looked up what hope meant in the dictionary. And it's a feeling of expectation or desire for something to happen. Mm. And uh, it also says it's a feeling of trust. So if we can get, you know, as coaches, I would encourage, as a coach, I would encourage someone to just tap into that trust, tap into that desire. But it's when we're going through something like uh, divorce, trauma, um, pain, difficult transitions, uh, that we have trouble tapping in Mm. to to hope. So it's something invisible that's there to support us. And it's something that we can call on. But often, sometimes we forget um, that we can and we don't know how to do it. And without a doubt, it was a really relevant question that you posed. This podcast to me seems so relevant because in today's day and age, in this modern day, I I feel intuitively that we need hope more than we've ever needed it before. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with you. <laughs> Definitely agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let, the, me, uh, let me... Let me... Yeah, sure. no, and, uh, yeah, and I, I appreciate your answers. Honestly, it, that hope is a resource. I hadn't heard that uh, utilize that definition and used that way. And clearly, hope is a resource, right? Because if you um, if you have a dark period, or you're going through a traumatic time, or you're just at a place where things just don't seem right, you know, you can you re- we reach a period of what we you know obviously the opposite of hope is hopelessness. And so we we reach this place of hopelessness in our lives. And so um, when you think of that, then, and you say, see it as a resource and how uh, the follow-up question is, what is your hope built on? How would you, then how would you, how would you answer that question? What is your hope built on then? Right. That's such a powerful, powerful question. Um, Hope, hope, and the answer I came to for me is that hope is really doing the inner work mm. so that hope can be activated and we can leverage it as a resource in whatever we're facing in our lives. Um, so I guess that is never ending work to build a foundation of hope. But that, that is really the important work that we have to do. Now, Dan, you, you mentioned emotions and most people I would imagine are probably aware that as human beings, we're, we have so many emotions and there's that um, emotional guidance scale. All the emotions that we feel just being, uh, being here on the planet. So there's a wonderful emotional scale. And you know, even if you know it, it's so interesting to tap into it and to look at it. So some of the highest frequency, most alive emotions we can feel are joy, 
empowerment, freedom, love, appreciation. And those keep us at a very high, hopeful place. Uh, hope in itself is a preciously high vibrational state to be in. And that's, and we, can, we can create momentum to go up that, those scales of emotions where we can feel that hope is alive for us. Um, so we want hope to be alive and very present. And so that would be my hope for anyone listening to the audience. And a, and a question probably a coach would ask is like, how can we shift into getting more hope and um, alivening hope? And where does hope live in our, our body? Um, and when we scale down, we get into lower frequency or emotions that are more painful to process, or maybe we feel less supported and that would be hopelessness. But mm. we don't arrive, I wouldn't say at hopelessness, the antonym of hope right away. Like we sort of scale down there with, we make our way down to despair and hopelessness through depression, anxiety, which so many of us struggle with depression and anxiety. You know, and it might start off with boredom to some of the darker emotions of anger, revenge, and hatred. So it's like, where do we want to live on that scale? And how can we move up to more joyful, hopeful, emotions yeah no that's good well when you navigate this uh the motion scale and you're talking to somebody how would you walk somebody through that I, you know especially let's say um what is the most common thing that you find in a let's say with a divorce someone who's gone through divorce what are some of the most common emotions that you're having to deal with and then helping them to shift to see that that hope and that and find hope you know, I, I feel like saying that probably in divorce, I see so, so much disappointment, um, anger, grief, sadness, uh, lack of confidence, frustration, um, yeah, hmm. insecurity, because we, we tend to lose our deep connection to our identity when we get divorced. But, but if we even open it up even wider, those can translate to any life transition where we just feel um, doubtful, worried, blame. Being yeah. in a state of fear is probably the lowest place that we can go. So are we going to live in our fear? I think the question is, do we want to live in our anger? And of course we don't. So what might we rather feel than living in our anger? So if you weren't hopelessness, how might you want to feel? when you were facing divorce. And of course, I work um, often with high conflict divorces and abuse and high conflict personalities. So those are some pretty, you know, a lot of emotions that come up, but we can, we can, uh, we can extend the invitation to sit with those emotions, process them without judging them. And as we do that, we can start opening up our personal our heart or our personal field or our energies, whatever languaging you want to use, it doesn't matter, so that we can begin to access a more hopeful mindset or, or spirit in whatever, right. whatever we're confronting. We're more yeah. empowered to confront it. I do like how you talk about the spectrum or the scale, if you will, you know, um, and because I do know, you know, hopelessness isn't something that you just go from hope to hopeless. It's not this just 
drop. It's it's a gradual uh, it's a gradual decline, you know. And a lot of people call it rock bottom, right? We you've hit rock bottom, you, you know, and then that's almost to the point of where, it, you know, you now you're resorting to external sources that are harmful to you because you've got to a place of where it's just not good and it's not healthy in your life. And so, um, you know, and do you, I mean, have you seen people that have gone through that as well? And some of the trauma that they're just like, you know, almost that, that, that level or that depth of hopelessness. One, one of the, uh, one of the, one of the truths about divorce with a high conflict personality or a narcissistic person most women many women the percentages are high like practically every woman i've interviewed for my book and i interviewed 30 people over north america and many of the women in my practice you you sort of end up um, many women end up suicidal mm -hmm. just bottomed out after experiencing narcissistic abuse or abuse of any kind and that is uh, a process over time and yeah it's just it's it is rock bottom and where do you go when you hit rock bottom and how do you start moving up momentum yeah. to a better place? I listened to one of your podcasts. I, I really enjoyed it by Kyle Webster. Yes. And he said that suffering was a prerequisite for hope. So there's on the same line, there's a lot of suffering that happens in, in divorce in breakups in abuse. Um, but it's, again, if suffering is a prerequisite for hope, it's just interesting how we we learn and grow um, and evolve in love through these contrasts of hope and hopelessness, because and suffering and and hope, yeah, uh, sadness and joy. If you're in the dark, you start to look for the light, and so it's through contrast that we can switch our momentum and and shift in to more powerful emotional states. Because we're we have this beautiful emotional navigation system that we can use um, to convert things like hope, emotions like hope, into fuel, fuel for our soul. I, and um, I think your question of how do you build a foundation of hope is a soulful question indeed. So talk to me a little bit about this, the navigational system. I, I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Well, it's just our emotions are constantly communicating to us what we need to heal. Where are, where are we wounded? Where is our soul wounded? What emotions are activated? And if we can just become through mindfulness or through coaching um, a little more focused and aware of what, what are our emotions trying to communicate to us. Um, we can start moving up the scale to more empowering emotions. So I think it's a, it's a deep practice, actually, of uh, a practice of hope. Because it, it, it never, ever stops so basic, yeah. So basically, you're saying that it's something that we need to continually do every day, you know, and because we're constantly navigating our emotions, right? Mm. And so if if that's the case, and we're constantly, the minute I see something in me that begins to slide in the wrong direction, 
I need to start to make some pivots in my life that really, and in, in, in my thinking that will shift it into another direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And making those pivots or um, asking questions that can shift you into a more empowered state of mind or, you know, cause at the end of, I think the bottom line is we have to embody hope. Mm. We have to feel it in our, in our bodies to really access it. Um, yeah. So the good news of, of our life, and it is a very hopeful message that we can actually change our brain chemistry or the neuroplasticity of our brain through coaching in as little as six weeks. Yeah. We, we, we don't have to be tied forever in our lives to hopelessness. In fact, we don't have to be tied down by our past traumas. We can overcome these things by, um, by doing the inner work and, and committing to a practice of hope building. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I really like what you're saying there, I, the, the whole building aspects of it. And I do believe that, you know, um, you know, obviously you've, you've listened to us talk. If you listen to the show and you, you know, that I um, come from a position of faith, obviously. And so we, we look to, uh, you know, basically Jesus is our hope. And, uh, and that's what we're kind of foundationally built on is that because that's a great rock position for us as believers. Um, but I don't necessarily put, say that that's the way everybody has to think. So that's why I invite lots of people on the show to talk from different perspectives. Um, and the only reason we look at it from a foundational perspective, and I think you've hit this in what you're even saying, is that um, if not, if it's not built on something solid foundational, then there's a chance that you're going to, you're going to constantly slide. I, I use the analogy, you're like a ship that doesn't have an anchor, you know, you drop the anchor, but there's no anchor on the end of it. And so it's just going to continue to move to and fro. But if it has something solid to hold it in place, then that hope is going to stay consistent and you can then weather the storm better. You're going to still feel the bumps and you're going to still feel the, the you're going to still feel the waves crashing and feel like it's overtaking you but the boat's going to be stable in its positioning. And um, that's, and so what would your counter to that be from your perspective? My counter would be that that really resonated with me because, um, you know, I, I was thinking that as we, to just be patient with ourselves, as we navigate our ship through the storm, we're learning, we're learning to grow in love. And um, we're learning to put our anchor down, but we will sail our ships through the storm. And that's really what hope is. One thing I know for sure, as Barbara, is that we're not alone in this world. We truly are not alone. And so that's comforting. Yeah. And when we can feel that anchor, as you metaphorically describe it, described it, from a trauma perspective, we can feel more safe in this world we can feel more rooted in security and safety, and then we can blossom where we're planted. Yeah. 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 And, and I love, and I love that you've said that the other thing in there was that we're not alone in this world. And, and that's one of the things that we really share on this, this podcast as well, is that that's the whole purpose of it. You're not alone. Lots of people are going through different things and how do they, how do they navigate life and go through those things and to find their hope? or maybe how they came through a situation 
onto the other side and, and, and was able to get there. But one of the things it said there is that there is a sense of community that's needed. And so one of the things I always say to somebody is that, hey, listen, if you're at a place of not having any hope in your life, then allow you, I want you to borrow my hope right now. And so I'm pouring into their lives now, giving them the hope that I have and hoping that they will begin to see hope in their own life. And, uh, and so there's that sense of community that has to happen as we begin to navigate life. And I think one of the challenges I've always found, I, I, I've actually done, because I worked in the church, I've done divorce counseling and different things of that nature. Um, and what's always a little bit of a, a problem I've always seen is that they've always come to me when it's too late, right? And so they're like, hey, can you help us? But it's like, no, you've already decided you're gonna do this. You're not asking for help. And so it's too late. And, um, and, you know, they want reconciliation or they want to make it work or any of those things. And it's, but like I said, they've already in their minds, they've mentally decided that it's over and they just want you to affirm it and then they can move on with it. And, um, but my question to you is this, it, um, if we would begin to open up a little bit more in our conversation and allow ourselves to be vulnerable with people and not wait so long as we're having these thoughts in our mind of, you know, or I'm in an abusive situation. How long am I going to stick in this abuse? Am I letting anybody else know that I'm going through this abusive situation? You know, it would help that person so much more so along the path. So true. It actually amazes me how much support uh, women need in divorce just to reach out for help or reach out to receive support. So that really um, struck me. Um, and often, as you were saying in divorce, we, we feel alone, women feel alone. Like they're the only ones. Yeah. So we heal in community and you mentioned community and we can reach our goals and set more powerful intentions when we're in our community and divorce and abuse isolate and divide us. So emotional support is so important. The other point that I'd speak to is to become alive with joy is maybe to remember, of course, I, it's hard not to talk about hope without actually referencing the Bible. (laughs) And I did. So, you know, one thing the Bible says is, and I've never quoted the Bible on a show, but God does say that he wants to fill us with hope and joy and peace that overflows, that our hope is overflowing. So, I mean, it's quite exciting to think that we don't have to grasp onto a little bit of hope, but that we can have abundant hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and and that's so true. And that's exactly what this show's about. You know, was, I want people to find hope. You know, like yeah. you said, and so and there is hope. Um, it's it's such a beautiful subject because then we can have our, we can receive a miracle. Yeah, we can yeah. receive God's support we can use hope as a resource when we and so it's it's such a beautiful thing to really dive deep into yeah no i agree with you 100 i really enjoyed our conversation today honestly i think this has been really cool i was going to ask you though why don't you share with some people uh talk to us a little bit more about your book and maybe some other things that you've done because i'd like the audience to at least know about that absolutely well um i have a small complimentary ebook called Erased by a Narcissist. And it just outlines uh, my journey dealing with a high conflict personality um, through through divorce. 
Um, and so that's available on my website, barbarapoint.com. And I also created a beautiful medita meditation for anyone going through a separation or a painful divorce that I'd love to gift to your audience with a code that you can put in the show notes. Okay. And yeah. sometimes meditating or just slowing down helps us to become more mindful. Yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, and I definitely will put all the information in the show notes so that the audience has a chance to check out your website or, and also take advantage of your, um, your offer there. And I think that's amazing. And I appreciate that. Um, uh, just to, from a personal journey, because you did talk that you did personally, do you still now have to work on yourself, even as it relates to what you, um, you went through personally? I'm so much more today um, sitting in the place of a healed story. Good. Yeah, I do. But I still for sure, because I co-parent with, with someone, um, have my days where they're more difficult, more emotionally challenging or triggered or activated emotions come up that I have to move through process and uh, resolve. And, and it's so much back to community it's so much more supportive to do that with someone um with you by your side yeah than, than on your own I, and, and another just in, in regards to all what you just said is the processing part when processing our emotions how long does that really take because you know everybody wants a quick fix right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, we want to feel better right away. We want yeah. to feel right now. And I actually remember posing that question to someone like, how how long do I have to cry yeah. <laughs> to get rid of the rage and anger and fear? Fear is such a gripping emotion in divorce. And it's, again, at the, lo the lowest level of that emotional scale we keep talking about. And the short and long answer is as, as long as it takes, but just to keep confronting and processing those emotions that are that need to be released that are really there to serve us so that we can de emotionally decharge the wounds of divorce yeah that's interesting yeah i think that's great yeah like i said when you hear it i know that i'm thinking to myself well how long do i have to process you know i, I want this over <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> and it, it kind of comes back to coaching because it's like sometimes it's just little steps Yep. You know, making yeah. a bridge, creating yeah. a bridge, but it's those little steps that create the momentum for positive transformation and positive change to shape the invisible parts of our life. No, that's really good. Well, Barbara, once again, I honestly, I really appreciate you joining us today. And I'm going to make sure our audience gets access to all your information through our show notes. Um, if so if anybody's listening right now and would love to stay tuned barbara you want to say anything in closing to everybody um absolutely i invite you to reach out to me anytime at barbara barbaralapoint.com definitely download my free ebook erased by a narcissist which is full of all kinds of tips to help you combat a difficult or conflict oriented person and I have a little poem to finish with uh, related to our valued topic of hope today. Oh, that'd be great. Let's hear it. Okay. So this is by Emily Dickinson. And um, she just says, hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea. 
yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. Mm. So I think at the end she's saying hope asks us for nothing. It asks nothing of us, but it is there. It is there for us to support us. Yeah. And resourceless. Yeah. Not expecting anything in return. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Well, thank you again for everything. And um, we really appreciate you being on the show today. And so those of you that are listening until the next time we meet, stay faithful, stay hopeful. Mm -hmm.